Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Word Balloon, the comic book conversation show. John Suntress here. Sorry about last week. Just uh, under the weather post-New York Comic Con. So I uh, took a little time off, uh, recovered, did a couple interviews, and I'm uh, presenting them today. The other episode that I'm releasing today is Eric Schanauer, the wonderful creator behind Age of Bronze, the great epic uh, retelling of the uh, Trojan War. Uh, if you like Game of Thrones, I think you'd love what Eric Schanauer is doing with the Trojan War in Age of Bronze. And uh, we also talk a little bit about The Wizard of Oz, one of his big passions. That's on the other show. This show you're listening to, though, Greg Pack, Jonathan Colton, they are back. You might remember a few years ago, uh, they did a book of uh, short stories to uh, Jonathan's great song, Code Monkey Saves World, and a bunch of other Jonathan Colton songs. Then they also uh, did a new character called uh, The Princess, who saved herself. Um, They're back with a sequel to that book, and this time The Princess Saves Her Friends. Uh, It's a Kickstarter. They're in the closing hours of their Kickstarter campaign, but it's a great opportunity to catch up with them about the character, why they're doing another book, some future plans uh, that they're doing with these children's books that they've been releasing. Uh, Also, Greg uh, and John talk about the comics market and the music market, respectfully, because, you know, Jonathan Colton, of course, uh, Internet genius, uh, a thing a week. He started that in 2005 and uh, just started writing a bunch of songs incredibly quick and uh, started a new career for himself as a musician. Uh, has been touring for years uh, since that uh, experiment back in 2005. And uh, he's one of my Internet heroes, truly. And I love his music, and I just loved uh, how he was able to uh, create this career for himself through the Internet, through online, gathering this audience, uh, and turning it into a, a real musician's career. What are the challenges that he faces as an independent musician? Uh, they're very similar to the independent comic creator, and we talk about that and a lot more and have a great time doing it. Greg Pack, Jonathan Colton, on today's Word Balloon. Brought to you by the League of Word Balloon listeners. League, you helped me out via Patreon and uh, helped me getting to New York and uh, keeping things going here at wordballoon.com. Can't thank you enough. If you like what you hear at Word Balloon and would like to subscribe, you can go to patreon.com slash wordballoon or on the front page of wordballoon.com, click on the Patreon ad. Is Word Balloon worth a dollar a month to you? Is it worth the price of a comic book a month to you? If it is, if you'd like to help out the cause, I sure would appreciate it. Thank you very much for your help, League of Word Balloon listeners. This episode of Word Balloon is also brought to you by Aftershock Comics, shaking things up now at your local comic shop great hit series you can get things like beyonders from paul jenkins and wesley st Clair. in fact we'll be talking to paul jenkins very shortly there's the midwestern noir hot lunch special by elliot royale and jorge fornes and then of course great series as well from some familiar names baby teeth donny cates and gary brown a walk through hell by garth ennis and gordon suzuka and of course Animosity from Marguerite Bennett and Raphael de la Tour. There's also a new book that I've since discovered and uh, am really thrilled about, and uh, it's uh, called The Last Space Race. I love it. It just came out last week, the first issue. Peter Calloway, Alex Shabayo, a great new story about a future space race. And, you know, I'm a sucker for good uh, astronaut stories, and that's exactly what this is. So you can find out more about these series and more and see preview pages of art if you go to their website, AfterShotComics.com. All right, without further ado, let's get into our conversation with Greg Pack. And Jonathan Colton, we're talking about the princess who saved herself and a lot more on today's Word Balloon. Hello. Hi, guys. Thanks for doing this. Always a pleasure. Dude, thank, thank you. you. Seriously, really, I appreciate you squeezing us in. I know it's, uh, it's, a, it's, this is a crazy convention time, and post-NYCC <laughs> is it's hard, to, hard to get anything going. So thank you very much. No problem, man. Plus, I was just sick as a dog last week, so I just I didn't put anything out since before. Oh, the no. co- that's all right. Everything's fine now. Good, good, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, Greg, I saw you. I'm sorry I missed you, John. Yeah, I wasn't even at the uh, – I didn't even actually go to the convention center this oh, year. good for you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I guess. You did – You did Did you do one show or two shows, Jonathan? Uh, I did one show. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I did I did one show that was my show, and then I was a guest in somebody else's show. Blacker okay. and Acker, right? I did a show with Paul and Storm, and then I was on um, – uh, uh, what's their name? The Mac- McElroy Brothers – I don't know those guys. <laughs> but the first group you just mentioned, didn't they open for you on tour uh, and weren't you guys at the Vic a couple years ago? 
in Chicago. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was at that show. It was oh, fantastic. Well, there you go. So you know Paul and Storm. Yeah. Absolutely, man. No, they're terrific. So, yeah, you know, I'm already rolling, and if it's okay, we'll use all of this. <laughs> Greg Pack, Jonathan Colton, welcome back to Word Balloon. It's a pleasure to have you guys back. And thrilled uh, that the uh, Princess series is continuing via Kickstarter. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, us too. Yeah, we, it's, it's, it's been a kick. Today's been a big day on the old Kickstarter machine. Talk to uh, me. Give me those Jerry yeah. Lewis totals. <laughs> so, we, uh, so it's the Monday before the end. Uh, and so it ends on Wednesday the 17th at noon. And oh, damn it. Just, really, it is like that quickly. All right. Well, okay. then I'll, I'll bust a move and make sure this is out like in the very early Tuesday oh, morning that, hours. So, Oh, that'd be awesome. Uh, yeah. So we uh, so today, uh, you know, we held off over the weekend because the weekend is dead. You know what I mean? Like you're you're kind of, um, you know, I always tweet about stuff all the time because I'm shameless that way. But if we're going to have a big announcement, we save it for a Monday or if we're going to have a big push. So this, uh, you know, so so, you know, we came out guns blazing on Monday, Monday morning, and uh, we sent all of our updates to all of our various lists and and with a wing and a prayer and and uh, folks have responded like crazy we have i think we had like 170 new backers today maybe more fantastic and um it's when we've gone i think we've gone up like eight and a half thousand so uh yeah it's a good day it was a very yeah 100 okay i'm looking at kicktrack.com which is what Kickstarter nerds look at to see what the uh, stats look like. We had 184 new backers today and uh, 8,645 in pledges. So it's uh, it's been a crackerjack day. We're up to 85,000, uh, a little bit over 85,000, um, which is more than twice what we initially uh, were going for. And uh, it's so it's a trip. We've hit a number of different stretch goals. And uh, so backers are now getting cool things like um, if you back over a certain amount, you get a bunch of digital bonuses and books and Jonathan's music. And also a uh, uh, if you back over 35, I think you get a, uh, a signed book plate um, with every book that you order and um, or every princess who saved her friend's book you order. And uh, what was the oh, yeah, yeah. And translations now. Um, we hit the stretch goal so that um, now everybody over $12 gets um, a Spanish and a Korean translation in digital form of the book as well. So Very cool. Wow. It's, uh, yeah, it's fun. We always try to, you know, we always try to toss in a little extra something as we move along. And um, But it's been, it's, you know, it's been really, really cool. People have been very supportive. Uh, and it's been awesome. The the princess has a multinational name, and I'll let you guys. Uh... Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Gloria Chang Epstein Takahara de la Garza Champion is her name. It's a complicated backstory. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, you know the funny thing about it, it sounds like a joke, right? But it's not. You know, I know so many people who have you know uh, uh, backgrounds as 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 intricate as that name implies. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I, it was always uh, I, I'm 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 biracial. I'm half Korean and half white. Mm-hmm. And I always uh, I, I, I when I was growing up, like whenever I saw a multiracial character in the movies, it was always like a tragic mulatto or a savage half breed or something like that. And, <laughs> and the character was always out there as like a symbol in somebody else's story. You know what I mean? Like a yeah. symbol of this like kind of tragic confluence of cultures and all of this. And right. it's um, like, can you imagine such a thing? This sort of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. This this aberration. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The same's are not staying with the same's. What the hell? Society's in chaos. <laughs> exactly. Half the dogs living together. Exactly. Um <laughs> and uh and and you know that's that's boring and dumb. And yes. so I uh, <laughs> I was uh, I I thought um, it's fun to have a character in a book in a kid's book like this who's multiracial. And that's not even the point of the story. That's just part of it. You know what I mean? That's just the um, that's just who she is. She's just living her best life. Um, You know, and I think it's totally valid and important to have stories that are about that. But I think it's also totally valid and important to have stories where people are just who they are doing their thing. You know sure. what I mean? Um, it's I, the way I think about it is just normalizing, uh, difference because it's totally normal to be biracial or multiracial. And, yeah. um, and, uh, so, you know, and, and, you know, getting those kinds of images up there for kids, I think is great for kids who are biracial or multiracial and also great for kids who aren't because they just, 
you know, the, the kids will just accept whatever is presented to them as normal. You know what I mean? Like they, yeah. they, if you present something to them without prejudice, they're going to be like, cool. Um, so that's been a fun, that's been a fun bit. That's been a fun element of the whole thing. John, what, uh, you know, uh, I'm assuming they're new songs now for this story <laughs> or not. No, it's a, no, they're not. <laughs> I laugh because it's kind of a sore subject. It, it would make really? sense that I would write new songs for this, for this, wouldn't it? Yeah. No. I, I, Greg and I talked about it, and I, I had to confess to Greg that I have a, I have an issue with songs that are sequels of other songs. And I, I feel like it's okay to. It makes sense to do with a, a book or a movie or all, all sorts of other kinds of media. But for me, it has always been, felt really problematic to do a sequel of a song. Um, I think for the. You know, for the standard reasons of just worrying that the sequel is never going to sort of live up to the uh, original, but but also, you know, it's come up numerous times. People have asked me many times, "Oh, will you write a will you write a sequel for Skullcrusher Mountain? I want to find sure. out what happens." Or, "Will you write a sequel for the future soon? I want to find out what happens." And <laughs> and and I always feel like it More always seems so future. weird to me because I'm like, "No, no, we know what happens, and it's the song, and it's done, and it's finished." And so <laughs> and so. Yeah, I don't know. There, there aren't. Uh, there is not. There is not a new song called "The Princess Who Saved Herself" because I, I feel like it would sound very similar to the princess, <laughs> princess who saved herself. Uh, the, you know, there's not a new one called "The Princess Who Saved Her Friends." Okay. So because it would be the same. I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, Leslie Gore would argue with you. I think with Judy's turn to cry, her response to "It's My Party." See, I'm an old, I'm an oldies DJ uh, back in the day. All right, John, so. well, so, then, that's it. That's Toby, the Toby, uh, Toby, that's Toby. the exception that proves the rule. How was that song? How was that second song? Well, it certainly it doesn't live up to "It's My Party," but you well, know, there, there you go. But again, it, well, it tells the next chapter in the in the saga of "It's My Party." So you know, my my personal favorite is uh, is "Let's Twist Again," like we yes. did last year. Yeah. Sure, <laughs> yeah, the great right. chubby checker. Please, absolutely, please, everybody, can we twist again, please? <laughs> I need more money. So yes, that, yes, I, let's, I, twist, let's twist again our way to another paycheck. One of the craziest uh, encounters I ever had was with Chubby Checker. I was at a – What? I, yeah, I know. Uh, I'm, I'm, well, how about this? I used to write boxing uh, at Ring Magazine and Boxing Illustrated. And my editor, Bert Sugar, had a new book, 100 Greatest Boxers of All Time. He had Leon Spinks with him doing an autograph session at a trade show. And when we were done with their autograph session, we're walking around. And there's celebrities all over the place. Uh, Suzanne Summers was there with the thigh master, and and Steve <laughs> oh Miserac, the the pool player, was there for light beer, from Miller. And then we hear at the Nabisco area, "Hey, Leon!" And all three of us turn around and in unison, like it's a bad love love boat episode, we all go, "Hey, it's Chubby Checker," <laughs> and it was, and 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 he knew Leon from St. Louis, and he gave him a big hug, and I'm like, "All right." And I, at that point, I did. I turned to Bert Sugar and I said, "What are we in a love boat episode? What the hell's going on, man?" Did you call? <laughs> did you call him when you said hello? Did you say hello, Chubby, or did you say hello, Mister Checker? What did you say? <laughs> I literally just said, "Hey, it's Chubby Checker," and then we shook his hand and he hugged me <laughs> on. And he did not twist a, again for us, but that's okay. You know, I worked but, for I worked for a radio station at Yale when I was in college, and um, this was back in the eighties. And LL Cool J came to visit the radio station. Nice. And uh, and one of my friends at the radio station was just you know really a, this total nice kid from Texas, and he was like, um, "Hello, Mister J." <laughs> <laughs> Which is just beautiful. I mean, I don't even know what I would have called him. You know? What yeah, I mean? really. But, what do you call LL Cool, cool J? That's a fair question, man. Uh, probably LL. I don't know, sir. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. I've seen his biceps, sir. I think yeah. is where we start. Whatever, whatever he wants. Exactly. Uh, Too much, yeah. man. Well, okay, man. You know, no, I figured. You know, you're a storyteller, but uh, John, but you know, that's cool. But I guess not. I guess. Well, you don't no, have you are in this story. That's all right, man. <laughs> So yeah, I mean, honestly, how do you how do you guys write these things? Do you guys just you know talk it out, and I'm sure Greg's doing, you know, the heavy lifting as far as the actual writing of the story. Just cause... oh, ab- absolutely. I mean, you know, we we waited a long time uh, between that first book and this one because you know we did we did think oh it would be fun to do a sequel, but it it was uh, you know it's the same challenge as coming up with the right um, new idea to uh, to sort of make it uh, uh, worthwhile to, to yeah, do the yeah. sequel, and and so. Um, I, I don't know where it came from, but but uh, but but Greg had this idea that uh, you know now they were in a band and it, would, it was called the Princess Who Saved Her Friends, and uh, there would be a sort of 
interfriend uh, pr- <laughs> problem that would need to get solved. And um, and uh, you know, we got together at a uh, at a diner and uh, had a chat and threw some ideas around. And um, but yeah, it's definitely definitely Greg who does the uh, the the bulk of the writing. Uh, I would say I would say nearly all the writing. I do I do the polish work. I do the fine polish work. There you go. <laughs> yeah, it was. Um... Just as Jonathan said, there's a there's a there's a point where um, yeah, I mean, from the beginning we knew, oh man, it would be awesome to do a sequel. Um, but uh, I mean, one of the kind of fun things about doing Kickstarters, and in particular about doing Kickstarters with Jonathan, is that um, we kind of don't have any pressure to do anything until we're really psyched about it. You know what I mean? There's no, we're just doing it for us. You know, we, it's just like if the two of us decide, hey, this sounds cool. Um, then we can make it happen, you know? Um, but we're not like, uh, we're not tied to any kind of publishing schedule and we don't have any bigger entity looking over our shoulders. Um, which means that, uh, we can take our time and figure out, uh, when the time is right. And so, and when the time is right, then we can really run, run, run with it. But, um, but yeah, with this particular story, I, I, I'd been thinking about it sort of in the back of my head for, yeah, for literally two years. Um, you know, since, or almost three years since we made the thing. And, um, and I just thought at a certain point, yes. Yeah, so in the first book, the princess, um, has this big conflict with the witch because right. the witch plays classical guitar. The princess <laughs> plays electric guitar. The princess drives the witch crazy. And then eventually she learns, spoiler alert, that, uh, the princess has been playing out of tune and the, the, <laughs> the witch helped her tune her guitar and, and then they make peace and then they form a band together. You know what I mean? And it's awesome. You know, they, they, you know, they kind of open the circle and, and find a way to, uh, to, to become friends. Sure. Um, but, but the more I thought about that over the years, I mean, I, I kind of thought, that's great, but people don't change overnight. You know what I mean? Like just because you, you made friends with the wicked witch doesn't mean that the wicked witch is suddenly going to stop being wicked. I mean, she might be a little less mean to you, but you know, given the right circumstances, she's going to be mean. She's, you know, cause it's, this is, this is people are who they are. You know what I mean? You know, they, they change incrementally, but not completely. So, um, so then, you know, the thought was, okay, they got this band. Uh, what happens when the witch, you know, gets mad at these other people in the band, like the dragon and the giant bee who can't, who are not as good musicians, you know? Um, and suddenly the princess is going to have a problem because the dragon's, I mean, the, the, the witch is mean to the dragon, the dragon cries, and now the princess has to figure out how to manage this kind of terrible conflict between friends. Wow, man, that sounds anybody, like anybody. anybody Anybody who's ever been in a band can tell you that there's always somebody who's mean and there's always somebody who's crying. Like I said, yeah, man, this is like Let It Be, you know? Yeah, it's, you know? The, it's Fleetwood Mac. It's basically Fleetwood yes, Mac. Yes, exactly. Oh, my so God, that's a good point. Is the dragon Lindsay Buckingham then in this dynamic? <laughs> wow. I love this. But Jonathan, When in your band, are you, the, are you the mean person or are you the crier? I am the mean person and the crier. Oh, that's 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 a good that's a good gimmick though. That's, it takes uh, the pressure off everybody else, honestly. <laughs> yeah, you probably get your way that way too because people, yeah, I do in both directions. Because <laughs> people feel sorry for you, even though know you're a jerk. That's, yeah. what, that's you know I do. I, I have to say when I saw you, John, you were alone, uh, so you didn't have the band with you. So that maybe does speak to uh, a band dynamic here. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, no, I I go back and forth. Sometimes sometimes I like playing with the band, and sometimes I like playing solo. There's good there's good and bad about both. I, my my favorite video of yours is uh, the still alive one with the theremin player, and I'm forgetting the lead singer's name, Quinn, right? Uh, yes, exactly. Uh, it, it was uh, uh, Sarah Quinn. Uh, Sarah Quinn, that's right. Thank God. Uh, All right, yeah. good. Yeah, dude, that's amazing. I, it truly, uh, you know, if I I'll be a fan for five seconds. Still alive. Uh, of course, Ikea, and of course, ShopVac, my three favorite Colton songs. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Very nice. <laughs> the, the Ikea ShopVac combo is pretty interesting there. You're, it's, it sounds like you're a home improvement guy. Yeah, well, I always think ShopVac is Jonathan's Pleasant Valley Sunday, to put it in monkey's terms. <laughs> it's kind of your, suburb, your, your comment on suburbia. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Good stuff. And then, of course, uh, what you did for uh, Fred Van Lente and uh, Brian, uh, Ryan Dunleavy. Uh, now, I, now I'm confused. Did did your song about Kenesaw Mountain Landis come first, or did their uh... yeah Jonathan song came first? Yes, yeah. okay, that's right. And then they adapted it into comic form for yep. you. That's right. Yeah, awesome, excellent. No, I love I love when you go uh, into delve into the comic book world as you do, Jonathan. It's uh, you got uh, good collaborators that you work with. Of course, uh, Tox Art, 
once again on point. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I mean, this is another fun thing about this particular doing these kind of projects with Jonathan, because we've managed to rope in the same creative team every time, you know, we've done three books now, uh, or we're working on our third anyway. And, um, talk Miyazawa draws and, uh, Jessica Colleen is the colorist and Simon Bullen letters. And it's just a fantastic crew, you know? Um, Talk is amazing because I, I mean, I joke about it, but it's like he lives in my brain. You know what I mean? Like I, I write this stuff and he just gets it, you know, like he gets all the little nuances of, uh, of, of how these characters interact and, you know, all the stuff that I'm going for. He just, he just grocks, you know what I mean? And he, um, and then, and then when this, this art comes in, it's like, uh, he's, you know, he just has captured all the little nuances and all the humor you know, and sometimes there's big goofy humor and sometimes there's very small, subtle humor. And he, you know, he, he has that range and he's so good with character. Um, uh, and, and, uh, and then he always adds these, you know, little elements that I never would have thought of. They're just beautiful. And, um, uh, so it's, it's, it's just a total blast working with him. And then Jessica's colors are just gorgeous. And, you know, they're, they're, and, and, uh, yeah, I mean, and Simon's just tremendous to work with. I, I mean, the whole, the whole crew's just been, um, it's just been really, it's been nice. It's been nice to be able to get the band back together to do this song about this. <laughs> I mean, to do this book about the band, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. I gotta say it's, it's such a, I mean, because I'm not a, uh, I don't have a visual arts. It's not what I do at all. So, to for me, it's like, it's such a magic trick, you sure. know, I, because I, I wrote this song however many years ago and Greg has turned it into one story and now two, and and all these other guys have turned it into uh, actual characters that you can see and and yeah I mean Tox I you know I was just looking at some of these pictures where you were talking Greg and uh, I gotta say the dragon the dragon <laughs> is so perfect in every way because he's he's all he's big and he's awkward and you can see he looks <laughs> his expression is always like oh it's a mean dragon but you can tell that he feels kind of uncomfortable and shy <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, it's yeah. really it's really brilliant. And so I, I just have to say, like, it's it's a uh, you know, it's a rare thing when you can take something that you've done and trust a team of people the way I trust this team of people and just hand it over and have it come back and be like, oh, yeah, that's fantastic. You know, it's, <laughs> it's really it's really a remarkable thing. Yeah. When you when you get some folks who work well like that, you really try to never to let them go. I mean, I, I've managed to to kind of stay on talk schedule for several years in a row now. And it's very, it's a good place to be. So. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and he's, you know, he's doing you uh, well as uh, you're both doing great on uh Met cadet you as that yeah, continues. Do, and, you exactly. Know. Yeah. We, we got to do this amazing book, Met cadet you. Uh, yeah. I mean, and, and it was about a kid and his giant robot and talk just drew the heck out of that, you know? So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been pretty sweet. Excellent. And, uh, yeah, we're on, so we're in the closing hours. Has, the book beyond the Kickstarter people, um, do you guys have a regular publisher that's been putting the book out? We cut a deal with um, Patrick Rothfuss's uh, company, World Builders, um, okay. which is this great nonprofit uh, that he has. That um, and it's it's a uh, yeah, so it's a small nonprofit, and they 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 distribute a certain number of books and things, and um, and they do these fundraisers and and give money to different organizations and stuff it's uh it's really cool and so i i guess a, jonathan what was the story a fan gave him the book uh no i i mean i i've known pat i've known pat for a few years uh you know i don't know exactly how i i don't know i i assume he <laughs> he heard of the book because he's he's friends with me but maybe not maybe maybe he ignores all my projects and somebody gave him the book but um yeah and he and he um, he had read it to to his kid a couple of times, and and uh, you know they just loved it, and and uh, and he he really loved it, and which is very flattering because you know Pat Rothfuss is the man who a man who knows a good story when he sees one. So um, uh, yeah, he was just a huge fan of the book, and and said I want as many people to you know to to read this book as possible. So um, uh, so yeah, we had to deal with them to to kind of print up a bunch and and make it available through them. Uh, uh, and it also helps their, you know, some of the money goes to their nonprofit. So it's a, it's a good deal all around. Yeah. That yeah. sounds great. Is it, yep. is it in schools or libraries and stuff? Is it, you know, making that kind of penetration? Very, 
We have not gotten, I mean, w- one big step that I, I have not done, which I need to do, um, but haven't been able to set aside the time to do, is to uh, really kind of crack wider distribution. I mean, the, the, the book sells like gangbusters. I, I mean, I, I sell it through my online store, gregpockshop.com, and I also sell it at cons. You know, like mm-hmm. when I go, it's, it's always my best-selling book whenever I go to a Comic-Con. Um, and, uh, I mean, people see the title, they look at the, the art and then they just, they just buy it. I mean, I barely have to sell it. Um, it's amazing. Um, but I haven't sat down and tried to get it into, uh, uh, you know, I haven't tried to crack the library market or, or get it into, or, or get a distributor to take it into bookstores and stuff like that. Um, and that's, you know, that, that is, that's kind of the next big step as a self-publisher, uh, uh to try to do, you know, and as, as our library of books grow, and also I've done I've done yeah. a, I've done a book without Jonathan as well. Shockingly enough, uh, did a Kickstarter without Jonathan, um, but with Talk and the rest of the team called ABC Disgusting. So yes, you know, so we so we've got a number of books now that um, you know that I could I could I could conceivably start pushing. I mean, C. Spike Trotman is my role model in all of this, and uh, she's a amazing um, cartoonist turned publisher who has uh, turned this uh, kind of a Kickstarter empire into a, 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 a small press empire. She got a book distributor, and now her books are you know, in bookstores all over the place and everything. And, um, and she's still doing Kickstarters to get them funded and, and make them. But then they go into this machine she's created uh, through incredible hard work and research. Um, but now she's got this whole system for getting her books out there without her doing all of the legwork by herself. You know what I mean? To distribute everything. Yeah, Uh, man. Well, you know, you're one of the creators. I think a lot of people are watching in terms of how you do your Kickstarters. You've been uh, nice enough to put out your own kind of ebook as well in terms of how to do a proper Kickstarter campaign. So, you know, is it getting easier? Is it always tough? Uh, You know, how, how, how does it go? That's a, it's a good question. I think, um, I mean, it's always. I mean, Jonathan and I were talking before this thing started, and we were like, "I hope it does well." I mean, we <laughs> sure. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, we we have a good idea of what's reasonable to expect. You know what I mean? Like, I figured it was reasonable, and I didn't say this out loud, or well, I mean, I might have said it out loud to Jonathan, but I, I didn't say it publicly. I thought it was reasonable to think we would hit around fifty at least. Um, uh, but you know, we're definitely hoping for more, but you don't really know, you know, um, sure. but at the same time, given that we've, you know, we've done a number of these now and, you know, since our first one, our, you know, our various mailing lists have only grown and, uh, it, it, it has become somewhat easier in the sense that we can, so now I think between the two of us and, and all of our campaigns, we have, you know, our mailing list, we probably have almost 50,000 people on our various mailing lists combined, maybe 40,000, you know, 40, 40 to 45,000 altogether. Great. And some, some of those are repeats because, you know, people are on multiple lists. Right. But, sure. um, but still, that's a pretty hefty chunk, right? Yeah. Um, and if you can get, you know, if you, if you can get a, a couple of percentage points of those folks to back, in your business, you know, so um, so we've got, a, you know, uh, it, it seems like we've got a head start. And that's, of course, from 15 years of doing that, you know, uh, being out there in the world, pushing our independent stuff when we built these audiences. So um, so it's uh, so we've got that advantage. Um, it definitely makes it easier. Uh, but at the same time, you know, you got to think through every step and make sure you're, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're sending stuff out at the right time and, and presenting stuff people want and, and make sure you haven't screwed up your campaign so that you're going to lose money because you forgot to charge enough money for postage or whatever. And you know, there's a million details that are, uh, that are always going to be tough, but I think this particular project was easier to put together than the earlier ones. Definitely, is, uh, you know, compared to Code Monkey Save World, which was our first one, and which yes. was, which was um, incredibly time consuming. Uh, this one has been less so. Uh, well, another thing that I realized is that we haven't really done as much press for this one, uh, and um, partly that's uh, because I didn't have enough time to chase it down. I mean, I'm very grateful you were you were able to do this. Oh I yeah, man. 
Um, I mean, I should have contacted you weeks ago, though. You know what I mean? I, it was kind of late in the game before I got. I just wasn't. I, you know, I, we had a lot going on, and and I did not get as much press lined up ahead of time as I did for Code Monkey Save World. But I think also it's because you know this is now a sequel to a book, so it's a little bit less. You know, maybe it's a little bit less newsworthy. Also, some of the you know some of the some of the press. Uh, you know, the websites that we've done stuff with in the past have gone on into the great void. To, sure. You know. No, I understand, um, man. Hey, uh, absolutely. You know, so, um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, on this particular campaign, I think we've relied a little bit more on just our, you know, uh, making the most of our existing lists and, and just reaching all the people we already have some contact with, um, it's and and we've done a we've had a little bit less um, press uh, reaching out to totally new folks. So there's a bit of an, a lost opportunity there, but at the same time we always you know we we can always be happy that we did all we could do within the time we had. But that's you know that's that that is one of those things I, I'm thinking about like oh next time I do need to get you know a little bit more on the ball with that particular element. All right, let's take a break in the conversation and talk to you a little bit about our sponsor, Aftershock Comics. Now, I know you've seen Aftershock books on the racks of your favorite comic shop. There are a ton of great, fresh, high concepts, titles written and drawn by your favorite creators. There are things like the spy series, Jimmy's Bastards from Garth Ennis and Russ Braun. Pestilence from Frank Thierry and Oleg Akunev. That's where the 14th century Black Plague is actually revealed to be the first zombie outbreak. We're going to be talking to Frank in the weeks and months ahead. Or the early years of Vlad the Impaler with the Brothers Dracul, and that's from Colin Bunn and Mirko Kolak. I discovered an Aftershop book last week and immediately uh, got it. It's called The Last Space Race. This is from Peter Calloway and Alex Chabau. Uh, It starts off as an anomaly, an outlier in the noise that's so common in astronomical data, but the truth sends the United States and the world careening into what will become humanity's last space race. Uh, Interesting uh, near-future story regarding some industrialists that uh, have decided to uh, get into the space race, Uh, and uh, it sounds great, man. I'm telling you, I'm very excited. Uh, This is where space is going. And I think Peter Calloway and Al Shabao have uh, started a very interesting series. I am looking forward to the continuation of The Last Space Race. Tons of great genres are being uh, hit through Aftershock Comics. Uh, really great stuff. I've mentioned some of the great, wonderful uh, creators. We've talked to people like the Lollipop Kids, Adam and Aiden Glass, Diego Yapur, the artist on that great series. Beyonders, my buddy Paul Jenkins with Wesley St. Clair. This is an interesting conspiracy book. We'll be talking to Paul in the weeks ahead. Great books, great stories, great prices. In the weeks ahead, we'll be talking to more creators about their books. But you don't have to wait. You can check out full story descriptions, preview pages, and the diamond codes of these books to order through your local comic shop at AfterShotComics.com. All right, let's get back to our conversation here on Word Balloon. I also think it's interesting to watch how you guys that are Kickstarter regulars in terms of putting out, you know, works. And I think of yourself and Jimmy Palmiotti and yep. uh, Paul Jenkins uh, as well. And, you know, yeah, it's um, it's interesting to see how the Kickstarter community responds. And I do know from talking to all of you that, yeah, there is that other community. So beyond the comic nerd sphere and stuff like that, there's the Kickstarter nerd sphere. Oh, yeah. So, and- and also, you know, like people back, you know, like I, I um, like there are people who get these children's books that I kickstart that don't get my comics. You know what sure. I mean? And, Absolutely. And I mean, there definitely is crossover there. But, um, you know, and there are people who are coming on board these because of Jonathan, because they're because they're absolutely and they may or may not be reading my, you know, my my other stuff. At the same time, then we are also, you know, like um there are there are Greg Pock readers who have become Colton fans and Jonathan Colton fans who have now bought my other books. That's great. Um, uh, you know, so there's always that kind of, you know, I mean, you know, that's the hope that you always are, you know, growing your audience and sharing your audience. Sure. You know, that's, that's the glory of a lot of this. Jonathan, if, as uh, you know, the music side has grown, do you have a Patreon 
page. I'm interested because I know musicians take advantage, given that they do ongoing content. And I've known Jack um, from Pomplamoose, Jack Conte is the guy who started uh, Patreon. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, and I, <clears throat> yeah, I love Jack. Uh, I, I, I don't have a Patreon. I am. Um, you know, I think I would have if it had been around when I first started. Sure. Um, but I, I, you know, I got to a point. I mean, certainly, you know, when I was doing thing a week, which is where I was, I was releasing a new song every every week for oh, yeah. a year. Um, yeah, that uh, would have been perfect for that. <clears throat> no, it would have been perfect for that. And I, you know, when I was doing that, I became immediately exhausted and stayed exhausted. <laughs> Through the end of the year, and even a year or two beyond, and it was. <clears throat> You're still a little tired, I think. I'm still a little tired, and I'm really, I'm really glad I did it. And it was amazing, and and of course, it, you know, it really launched, really launched me. Yeah. Uh, launched my whole career. Um, but um, you know, there was so much hustle and so much uh, pushing involved in that year, um, and then in the years after, I was, I was. Uh, you know, uh, touring a lot and, yeah. and figuring that out and figuring out how to how to make and sell T-shirts. And um, <laughs> it was, a, you know, it's a lot of when you when you're when you're an independent creator, it's great because you can do whatever you want. But it's also you have to do everything yourself. You know, yes, sir. Um, <laughs> you have well to aware. figure it out. You have to make all the good decisions and bad decisions. And you have yep. to be responsible for when you when you really blow it on a T-shirt design and nobody wants it. And you end up with, you know, 400 of them in your basement, you know. <laughs> So, you know, through through those many years and then Patreon came out and I was like, oh, man, I can't I can't. I, you know, sure. <laughs> it's just I'd gotten to a point I had gotten to a point where, uh, you know, I was lucky. I was lucky to have um, uh, enough little threads of things that I was doing and uh, different things I was working on and different ways of making money that it didn't I didn't need to have that engine of that particular kind of direct relationship with fans where it's like they are essentially buying a subscription to you yeah uh and then you are providing them content because i i really was at a point where i was like i you know i gotta figure out which parts of this career are uh parts that i really want to work on and which are parts that i really need to work on uh for other reasons and i gotta sort of sort that out and and the idea of uh something like patreon in particular was was for me a little too um uh i don't know it was too it was too focused and too uh too much i didn't want to set up the expectation that i was going to constantly be pumping out stuff because i you know at that point i was like maybe i'm a complicated artist maybe <laughs> maybe i need a little time to get my head together and maybe well, i'm not going to put out to, you know so yeah i mean have you have you had four or five albums so far uh, or more? Mm, yeah, how about twelve, John? I don't know. I don't know how to count them. I don't know how to count. Oh, them. Okay. See. Well, because Solid State's the the last album per se, correct? Right. Solid State was the last album. Before that, there was uh, Artificial Heart, and before that, uh, there was a, there was a live album. There was a compilation album. There was another live album, and then there were all the Thing of Weeks, and then there was Smoking Monkey. I don't know. Depends on how you count them. Okay. Eight. All right. Nine. Something like that. That's awesome. Okay. That's cool. <laughs> well, you know, and and um, so like, is there a new collection? What's the, what's the latest stuff? I mean, I, I know we can go to your website, certainly JonathanColton.com, and get all that information. But uh, yeah, I have have? A, I have a new album that is the, that I have not uh, spoken about publicly yet. I ooh. haven't revealed what it is. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I yeah. know it's very cool. exciting. Nice. Um, it's not. I just meant. I just mentioned it in my last uh, email to my mailing list. It's not anything that anybody thinks it's going to be. <laughs> it's, spoken, it's spoken word, isn't it? It's spoken word. <laughs> 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 Let's hope it's so. not quite that weird, but it is slightly <laughs> weird, and it's a it's a thing that's sort of a labor of love. I'm not sure if anybody wants it, but I I sure wanted it, so I made it, and we'll see we'll see what happens. So hey, man, we trust your judgment. That's all right. That you well, know, we'll the... see we'll see if you uh, still feel that way in a couple of months. <laughs> he went all Hawaiian. What the hell happened? Yeah, what is this? I would I would I would be psyched for or all like uh, like Robert be... Mitchum, your Calypso uh, record finally. <laughs> You, I'm sure you guys have seen that. I, I have not. I, I was I was thinking though it would be I would I would appreciate the uh, the whole sort of Leonard Nimoy um, go the yes. Leonard Nimoy route and do um, do an all Bilbo Baggins album. Oh, you know, boy, like that's, a, that's Lord, 
Now, how, but, but truly, alley. how far is that from, you know, all we want to do is eat your brains and, you know, the, the know, United Code, exactly right. Code Monkey so, and, little, and the like, on the nose. Skull Mountain, exactly. What are you talking about? That's Jonathan's <laughs> Melu. So that's... <laughs> <laughs> what I what I actually what I want to hear is a um is is a yeah a Jonathan Colton album of Lord of the Rings songs all um but they're all Led Zeppelin covers because you know like the, the whole Led Zeppelin Lord of the Rings connection. There's a lot of but, Lord of the Rings uh, Zeppelin crossover. Dance yeah, of Days yeah, could work yeah. as a as a uh, Hobbit yeah. song, sure. Yes, that's that's what I'm that's what I'm that's what I'm gunning for here. I, I'm hoping that's what your new album is, John. It's not. It's not. It's a good <laughs> guess. And through the Outshire. I guess would be a possible <laughs> album uh, thing. See, you see, you're dealing with an old uh, DJ of, of music, guys. So yeah, this is good. I like this. Um, very funny, man. No, honestly, you guys are you guys always work well. And again, the the art crew uh, as well, the the whole group of you. And truly, since Code Monkey saves saves world, this has been, I think, a consistently great product. And uh, it doesn't surprise me that uh, the the books fly off of Greg's table at cons. And John, do you do you have them at your con- uh, 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 concerts? I should say conventions. I was going to say. I do my, my little my little Jonathan Colton Colton Fest concerts. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I it's really it's funny. It's a uh, it's a weird it's a weird thing to be a musician and show up with a, a stay with like four different books. <laughs> sure. To sell at your merch table. Um, uh, but yeah, it's, I, I, I sell all these books at, at shows and, uh, and yeah, they always move. I mean, it's, you know, the music business is so funny these days. It's like, uh, you, nobody actually buys the music anymore. So you have to, it's all, it's all, uh, it's all either, uh, touring or, or merch or, or other kind of ancillary things that you can come up with. And so, um, it's, it's very reassuring to have a stack of books next to my (laughs) stack of CDs that nobody wants. So, so nobody buys the CDs. Is that really the way it goes now? Oh yeah, I mean CDs have really dropped off a cliff. Um, uh, Even if you're there and you sign them, like they're they're still they're going to buy a T-shirt instead. Uh, if you're there, yeah, if you're there and signing, you'll sell more. But it's still kind of like people don't people don't. I mean, you know, I I, I mean, I probably. Most people have a computer that doesn't have a, a CD yeah, drive. Yeah, right, exactly. It's kind yeah. of That's true. Yes. And nobody has a, even a CD player anymore. So I it's kind of like it's 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 so strange how quickly it became a completely useless <laughs> technology for a lot of people. It's kind it's, of bizarre. You've done vinyl though. Does the vinyl sell better because like I hear I hear the kids love vinyl these days. Vinyl <laughs> has had vi- <laughs> Thanks for queuing me up, Greg. Yeah, vinyl. <laughs> Vinyl has had a, a, a an incredible uh, uptick in popularity, and I think because it is, you know, it is this large physical artifact that is beautiful and very pleasing to to hold in your hands. I mean, I think that um, I can't imagine that the CD is going to have a renaissance the way vinyl is having a renaissance, uh, because I think vinyl has this really pleasing physical aspect to it. Um, that CDs just don't have. They don't have a. They don't have a charm to them. Well, we all uh, grew up. We cool. grew up with. Was, yeah. Sorry, go what? No, no, Greg, go on, and then I'll say my thing. I mean, yeah, you know, CDs are cold, right? They're they're yeah, and vinyl feels warm somehow. Um, well, and we all grew up with them, right, guys? I mean, the, you know, we we get it as yeah. far as albums and stuff, yeah. and you know, the great album art, and you opened it up, and you you know whether you were. Uh, you know, having uh, illegal or legal fun now or not, you could, you know, you open it up and you kind of really did kind of escape into the world of the sound and the album art always kind of supported that. And yeah, then, you know, I, I, I get why CDs happened, but, yeah. um, you know, I is when you record, Jonathan, is, I mean, it's, I assume you're still recording digitally. Do you hear a difference at all? Because again, now I'm curious because, I mean, I think of the old days when there was vinyl and then everything was then turned over to see you know cds and we lost a kind of true kind of uh resonance that you would get with string instruments and even piano and stuff and i mean again coming from radio i certainly know the difference between analog and digital and you can you can hear it you i mean we at my rock stations we still kept our albums and you know oh, well, we, yeah. you know oh yeah and they would have days where it's like okay today it's all vinyl day you yeah. know and stuff and they still do that so yeah i, mean, I don't know yeah with the process I, now I don't uh no I mean when I record when I record it's all digital but um you know I mean the 
digital digital tools have come a long way in the last uh, decade. And you know, if you want something to sound kind of kind of warm and and saturated, there are a million different plugins that'll do it. And, and you know, it, it it may not be may not be the same as um, I'm sure there are a lot of purists out there who are gnashing their teeth right now. You know, it's not the same <laughs> as recording to tape. But Colton sold um, out, man. <laughs> But uh, oh, was cool. He's not cool. <laughs> you know, for me, the vi- the thing about vinyl that I love is, you know, I ha- I I well, just a couple of years ago I got a, a record player again, and I haven't had one in years, and yep. um, started collecting vinyl again. And uh, the thing I love about it, it's less about I, there is the sound of it, and like you listen to vinyl, and, and the pops and clicks remind you of all of the sure. times <laughs> when you were young that you listened to vinyl. But yeah. Um, the other thing that is amazing about vinyl is that you there is no way it's it's very it's too much of a pain in the ass to listen to one song or to listen to this song and then this song and then this song sure like really you have no choice but to put on an album yeah. um, and not only that but you have no choice but to put on a side of an album and it is a very different listening experience because I know that as a consumer of music, the way I listen to music now is I yell to a computer that's sitting in the in the room with me, and I tell it the kind of music I want to hear, <laughs> right? And then it builds this playlist and sort of does this shuffle of stuff that's kind of like the stuff I asked for. And it's I love that, and that's an amazing thing, but it's a very different experience from saying, like, mm, I'm going to listen to side one of Bread's Greatest Hits. Nice. You know, and that's like <laughs> that's a real choice. It's a real mood changer. If you're if you have people over, like you to think about like oh, what album am I going to put on? It's like a really important, different choice to I make understand. than just shouting out to Siri to play cool jazz music. <laughs> sure, absolutely. That's hilarious. I had I had Kareem Abdul-Jabbar on the show about a year ago. And I'm like, Kareem, all right, you're a jazz aficionado. Tell me what state, what radio station should I be listening to that still play great jazz? And he w- and a couple new artists and stuff. He was fantastic. I can't name them right now. But I, I'm a huge jazz fan as well. And actually, uh, both of you, and Jonathan obviously is the musician, I'm interested in what you think of where music radio, radio is now. Because I am back in talking information as far as my current uh, radio career. I'm with uh, CBS News in Chicago. And I, but I did work for uh, music stations for the last ten years, doing commercials for them. And really, man, I mean, as I've seen what's happened online with Spotify and Pandora, and all the other, you know, music streaming services, even the music channels on my cable system are more surprising. And I learn more about new artists, both pop artists and like formats like jazz. Um, than I do on the radio because uh, between the commercials and just that focus group need to play songs that people know, I really oh, think it's, it, yeah, it's homogenized radio. Yeah, I mean, they're all like, I mean, I, I used to, uh, I mean, I used to work in radio and like, like I said, in, in college and I yeah. would, and whenever I went on a road trip, I would love listening to different radio stations as I went from town to town, you yep. know what I mean? To get that Absolutely. kind of local feel. And there was a certain point along the line where the, everything just started to sound the same. You know, everything was um, because because everything was the same because it was all program. It was what Clear Channel was that what it was? The, yeah, the, and now it's yeah iHeart iHeart so Media is is Clear Channel. Yes. Yeah. So it was all programmed. No, there was no such thing as a real local radio station anymore, except yep. for the college stations and the stuff at the lower end of the dial. And that's yep. and that's what I would end up listening to mostly. Um, and and those are still awesome. You know. Um, sure. But uh, but I don't really listen to radio anymore um, unless I'm driving like that. Uh, although I will say one thing that I did find out is uh, there's now an internet radio station called The Zoo, which is um, when I was growing up in Dallas, there was KZEW, you know, <laughs> which was the AOR uh, rock station sure. in the 80s in Dallas. And um, and now there's uh, somebody has put together this uh, this internet radio station that basically is playing the, the stuff that was played on that station back in the 80s. Uh-huh. It's basically, basically like going to Five Guys. You know how Five Guys just plays all that stuff from the 70s, 80s, and, you know, sure. like, that kind well, of Well, again, they're, they're probably, they've either created their own playlist or they're going yeah. to Spotify or Pandora and, and doing their own playlist. Jonathan, have, has 
your stuff made it to terrestrial radio? I know that you had that, and we talked about it, I think, the last time you were on, that uh, Glee kind of you know, took your uh, arrangement for Baby Got Back, <laughs> and we all know that incident. Yeah. But what, uh, what about terrestrial radio and, and your songs? Uh, no, there's not too much terrestrial radio, radio happening for me. I mean, if there is, it's at uh, – it's, I mean, certainly not – at uh, iHeartMedia-controlled uh, stations uh, because um, I just think I'm not on the right spreadsheets. I don't even know. I don't even know sure. how that happens. Yeah, but, yeah. But, uh, yeah, occasionally, uh, you know, it'll show up at, uh, you know, if there's a, a college radio station where people get to decide what they play. And, and cool. um, uh, there are a couple of local radio stations that, uh, that I, you know, where I know somebody there is a, is a fan and, and will occasionally throw me into the mix. And, um, yeah, that's, that's always very, very thrilling, but it's, it's also, um, <laughs> you know, people will, people will say, uh, uh, I have, I have a friend who recently sent me a video and she was in a store somewhere okay. and one of my songs was playing and she took a video of her walking oh, around that's the store. Great. And that's I have, fantastic. and it's one of those things like, I have no idea how my song ended up in that store. It could have been any number of, uh, various like digital services that I've signed up for. <laughs> Can I ask Jonathan? Do you like is your stuff registered with BMI and ASCAP? The you know the the rights hold you know they they kind of I know as again as a radio person we always has to you know every year or so we had to like fill out our diaries for BMI and ASCAP and like say okay this is you know kind of a general view of the the songs the, the specific songs we're playing. I mean yep. we used to have to keep a diary and everything of every song and every artist that we were playing. Yeah, no, I'm I'm a, I'm with uh, BMI. All my stuff is with uh, BMI, and uh, and yeah, you know, I I release it through uh, the CD CD Baby digital distribution, and also some of the stuff is released through TuneCore digital distribution. And okay, um, you know, it goes out to various places, and I don't always know where all the places it goes out to. And some of them are kind of clearinghouses that provide <laughs> lists of music as a service, and. Uh, uh, some of these places are, you know, places like uh, Pandora, where you you just get sure. categorized and sliced and diced along with a bunch of other artists. And um, I think I can't remember what it is, but there's some uh, service that provides music to these like digital jukeboxes that you see. Uh, here yes. And there yeah. In, yeah. In physical Absolutely. spaces. So yeah, it's like you know, it it really is sort of the the dream. Uh, slash nightmare of uh, <laughs> the democratization of uh, of music distribution, where you know I will I'll be next to uh, I'll be next to uh, uh, Def Leppard is the only band I can think of. All right, fair enough, absolutely. Well, no, that's what I you know, Jonathan, you had but the the princess who saved herself um, was on some kind of like kids radio thing. Wasn't yes, it? still it's oh, still, that's it's, great. It still gets a lot of airplay on uh, one of the Sirius XM uh, uh, oh, kids, yeah. kids stations. Yeah, that's and, fantastic. Yeah, yeah so, while so, when it was first out, it was really really tearing it up. But yeah, it still gets a lot of airplay there. Well, yeah, I can see I, a lot of your songs like fitting into that kind of format and everything sure. and, and you know being kid friendly that way. Yeah. First That's of awesome. May, for example. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> first of May. Exactly. There we go. And if you don't know folks, look up the YouTube video and see how inappropriate Greg's joke just was. <laughs> outdoor, outdoor hugging starts today. <laughs> we actually did uh Jonathan uh, uh back when we were doing the kick uh, the code monkey um campaign uh yeah. we did a live show and Jonathan played that song because it was the first of may when we actually did that show and um and there were kids in the audience so he did the kids awesome oh it was <laughs> you did the, the g-rated one very nice there you go just hugging that's fine yeah. just people hugging, hugging is fine. normal there you go <laughs> hilarious no that's awesome and, and honestly like i don't mean to get in your business but yeah i always wondered given that you carved your musician niche online and everything how much the traditional avenues of revenue for for bands you know you know how much again i don't need specifics but like you know yeah that you know are you getting a check from bmi at the end of the year or whatever yeah i do you know i, I okay. get royalties <laughs> you know i get a, a royalty statement and it, you know it's all it's such a mystery i don't know where it's coming from and i that there's no way <laughs> that's a right trip. to track it you yeah. know there there are lists of things but it's like oh this is international streaming play or this is some other kind of international streaming thing and i'm like all right i don't know what those mean but this this 60 cents adds to this 89 cents and you know 
<laughs> sure. And then there's a number at the bottom, and I I don't know. You know, I as I say, like it's it's uh, I think to be a musician is uh, is uh, is a is a has always been a, a difficult thing, but um, uh, you know, the heyday the heyday of just being able to put your music out there and uh, accidentally fall into an audience and um, uh, uh, all, all that stuff, I think, is it's so it's so noisy out there that I think it's really essential for creative people of every stripe to, um, you know, not to put too fine a point on it, but you got to sort of diversify. Yeah, um, sure. Yeah, and I think yeah, it's, no, it's it's really smart to have different streams of income, and and to the extent you are interested in in any kind of creative enterprise or any kind of uh, creative. Uh, you know, business choices about how to market yourself or how to uh, how to distribute yourself or or all that stuff. I think it's 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 uh, it's imperative to sort of explore all those options and and have all these streams and figure out what works. I think it's just the same exact story for comics and for yep. publishing. You know, like one of the big reasons that I've another reason why I've loved working on this stuff with Jonathan is because um, I got to do a kids book. You know, like I had always wanted to do kids books and and I had, uh, you know, been thinking about them a lot and reading a lot of them. And but it wasn't until Princess Who Saved Herself that I actually got one out in the world. Um, but having that, you know, seizing those opportunities to do um, to work in different media uh, that are adjacent to your own, uh, to the stuff you're already doing, I think is so important. You know, I mean, like I said, you know, like, you know, when I go to a con, I, I, you, you know, you never quite know what a con's going to be like, particularly if you're growing, going to one for the first time. But you know, I've got mainstream comics, I've got kids books, I've got you know everything in between. I've got a how-to book, you know, so yeah. I've got something for everyone. And having that kind of variety is, um, is I think pretty key. Just as Jonathan says, uh, you know, it, it applies to publishing as well as music. No, and I know that the creative people that are listening to this appreciate both of your guys' stories and how you are dealing with the changing market. And, and yeah, that is that is part of the reasons why, uh, Jonathan, I'm glad you came on as well. These are the kind of conversations Greg and I have all the time about the comics market. But, again, as someone who's in radio, even though now I'm back in news and information and I'm not in music anymore, I really wonder about the future of music radio on terrestrial radio because again I know um, I don't know what the I don't know what the kids are listening to this you know, these days <laughs> if I yeah. could be Mel Brooks for two seconds it's true and you know um, yeah it's changing and I mean God only knows I, I keep saying I wonder if in ten years if music radio will continue to exist the way that it is now if at all because I think the online opportunities are there I think kids you know want to hear their song now. And like you said about even listening to an album, um, even you know listening to whatever radio station and how they decide to serve music and stuff. And again, with a, a ten-minute commercial break, it seems in between sometimes it's rough. And I and I don't know yet if the old how much longer the old system will be viable for music. Well, a lot mm-hmm. of people use YouTube as their radio station. Too. Absolutely, I was going to say that too, man. <laughs> no, you're hundred percent right. Absolutely. Yeah. So, no, my my kids, I feel like that's where my kids. Uh, discover music and listen to music is on YouTube, which is weird and not a thing that I would have ever predicted. But yep, no, I agree with you guys. Very interesting, and and honestly, I'm glad that uh, the princess who saved her friends uh, is doing so well. Uh, these are the closing hours as I put this out. Uh, but uh, no, I, I I highly recommend uh, you know supporting this and uh, getting your copy now while you can. And um, again, so uh, how how else to uh, get the other books uh, through your guys' websites? Uh, you can still get the other books as well. Yep, you can also get them through the Kickstarter. You can uh, all the books. Oh, that's there. great! Yeah, through the Kickstarter. So, an easy way to get to the Kickstarter is go to princesswhosaved.com. And even after the Kickstarter is over, that princesswhosaved.com link will end up pointing to a backer kit page, which will let you buy the books a la carte. Um, you can also buy the books from gregpockshop.com. And Jonathan, you're, you're about to start an online store yourself, aren't you? Yeah, I'm working on it. It's complicated. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough, so man. Just, uh, you know, like, like hang around New York, and if you see Jonathan, flag him down. Maybe you'll have a book on him. Just so go to jonathancolton.com and keep refreshing it, and I'll, you'll see <laughs> when I finally get the store set up. Excellent. And uh, any, uh, any tour dates coming up, Jonathan? Um, no, I, I, you know, I did a long, I did a long stretch of, I, when my album came out, uh, it was released on, uh, Amy Mann's record label and she had an album come out at the same time. And 
we kind of helped each other out with our albums and uh and i i have done a uh stretch of touring with her wow. uh, but those those cycles have those album cycles have kind of uh petered out so i i'm i currently don't have uh too much stuff set up i'm going to be doing um i'm going to be doing the 24 hour musical <laughs> oh cool <laughs> here in new york uh, on october 29th cool. um which that is awesome. uh you guys yeah. gonna write and perform a musical in 24 That's hours? That's right. We get together at 8:30 uh, uh, p.m. on Sunday night, and uh, we have to have it all written by 6 a.m. the next morning, uh, so that they can rehearse it and stage it and uh, and put it on the following night, which is kind of crazy. The That's good thing insane. is, the good thing is, is that you're still fantastically young, so staying up all night and not sleeping will will be very easy for you. Yeah. yeah, yeah well, of doubt. course, I'm 20. I'm 23 years old. So yeah, sure. exactly. yeah, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. We all are. <laughs> yeah. it's no, that, it is a, it is a wonderful thing to be so young and, and <laughs> so what what venue is the what venue is the 24 hour musical happening uh, it's a it's a broadway theater it's like a uh, the american i think it's the american airlines theater or something like that and and, and broadway it's uh uh and it's me and amy Mann and um uh jonathan mark sherman uh who are he's the he's going to be the book writer and amy and i will write songs okay. i guess very quickly wow. overnight well we're that's really cool man that sounds awesome oh yeah, it's, ter- it's terrifying it's terrifying are you, are you going to perform in the actual musical too or are you gonna... oh god no 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 there's a there's a bunch of uh, bunch of actors who are ready to do whatever <laughs> whatever garbage we hand them you gotta you gotta wow. you gotta write yourself in a cameo so you can get out of there <laughs> yeah exactly hey uh jonathan again going back to your uh, thing a week from 2005 you're one of the you know, as I always like to say, we're like the Mercury astronauts of podcasters. I started in 05 <laughs> as well. And uh, and don't get me wrong. I'm always happy with the years that have come by and the people that have since got into podcasting. But, you know, we were on to something back then. And I and truly, I, congratulations on uh, your continued success. And I'm, I'm glad that uh, things are going well. And I'm glad you, Greg, and Talk and Company are uh, still making these great kids books. So Yeah, thank you very you much. Know. We are, too. Absolutely, and and Greg, any uh, you know, I, I'd love to. We'll talk Marvel maybe in a month or so, and, and yeah, get sure. into that. But you want to you want to uh, pump anything right now as far as yeah, and- I got I got a few new things coming out. I got uh, I'm writing the Firefly book based on the Joss Whedon television yes, show. Yes, that's awesome, man. I, Dan, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, drawn by you. Continue. Uh, drawn by Dan McDade, and it's uh, it's awesome. The the uh, I, I'm having a blast, and that comes out November 14, I think. Um, cool. I'm writing the new James Bond book, uh, James Bond 007, where Odd Job is the big rival. Uh, we're making Odd Job sexy. He's awesome. Is that uh, Mark uh, Mark Lamming? Uh, exactly, Mark Lamming is drawing. Uh, that's great, man. No, he's. I've been watching his art, and that's fantastic. And so there's two good reasons to talk in November. But go nope. on. And uh, and then I'm writing some Star Wars books. Uh, we're we're doing this big Star Wars uh, event kind of book thing, and I'm doing the middle section, which deals with the classic characters from the original trilogy, um, and uh, it's called Star Wars: Age of Rebellion, and that's uh, I think that's going to be out in the spring. So uh, keep them busy, keep them busy. That's awesome, man! Fantastic. Um, any other? And so, yeah, Star Wars is that with Marvel or is that with IDW? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's yeah, that's a Mar- that's a Marvel Marvel side. Okay. Um, and I'm I'm also uh, doing uh, continuing with the Weapon H book at Marvel, which is the, the Hulk Marine. <laughs> yes, very cool, man. No, I, that's great. And uh, no, enjoyed enjoyed your run as well with uh, with uh, Amadeus Cho and uh, certainly the, oh, yeah. the revival of Bruce Banner and all. So uh, you know that that's terrific. And again, Mech uh, Cadet U. Outstanding yeah. stuff as well as Boom, along yeah. with your Firefly stuff, yeah. Well, thank you, thank you. Appreciate it. Hell yeah, man. No, you guys keep it up. I'm I'm very happy for you guys, and uh, thank you for sharing some shop talk, and uh, good luck with the remaining hours of the Kickstarter campaign and all that follows. Thank you so much, man. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. Nice catch-up with Greg Pack and Jonathan Colton. Like I said, I'll get Greg back on. And uh, we'll talk more about uh, his mainstream comic book work on a future episode of Word Balloon in maybe a few weeks, maybe a few months, like November or December. I love talking to Greg, but I wanted to help them out and uh, felt like, you know, we we were talking about some specific things here. And honestly, I really felt like uh, Jonathan and Greg had some interesting insight in both the comics market and the music market. Like Jonathan said, any any creative person, I think, can uh, glean some... uh, good information from what he was talking about as a podcaster i certainly felt that way hope you enjoyed today's episode it again was brought to you by aftershock comics 
who are uh, doing incredible things, and you can find uh, them at your local comic shop right now. Uh, Aftershock Comics has incredible books, uh, some of my favorites, Monstro Mechanica by Paul Aller and Chris Evenweiss. Uh, you can also get Beyonders by Paul Jenkins and Wesley St. Clair, which is a great conspiracy book uh, that has ties to centuries past. And then, of course, there's Pestilence from Frank Thierry and Oleg Okunev, where the 14th century Black Plague from history is actually revealed as the first recorded zombie outbreak. Or the early years of Vlad the Impaler in The Brothers Dracul from Cullen Bunn and Mirko Kolak. Lots of great books right now. I told you about the one that had caught my eye last week, and that is The Last Space Race from Peter Calloway and Alex Shabayo. Those and a lot more. A lot of your uh, favorite comic book writers and artists have written and drawn books for Aftershock. Uh, great books uh, at a great price, and uh, I think hitting a lot of interesting genres. Don't forget, if you want to pre-order those books, you can find the diamond codes you're looking for at their website along with preview pages and full descriptions of their books at aftershockcomics.com thanks again for listening to word balloon today hope you enjoyed what we talked about looking forward to bringing you more word balloons in the days ahead lots of people approached me at new york comic-con about uh, new episodes of word balloon and i am really excited about having these conversations presenting them to you made some connections of uh, some classic people and we'll uh, look forward to talking that to them for the first time. Lots of great uh, returning guests as well coming up. Tons of conversations waiting to happen right here at wordballoon.com. I hope you'll join us for the next episodes to come in October, throughout November, December, to the end of 2018, into 2019. Thanks again for listening today. Until next time, Word Balloon is a copyright feature of Shaky Productions. Copyright 2018.